Buenos tardes, my friends. Welcome to <laughs> Cultivate and Keep podcast with myself, Jeremy, and Corey Haynes. Hello, hello. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I like um, my Spanish little, you or know. Sh- or shall I say... Uh, <laughs> what, Corey? Oh, dang it. I, I used to know how are you in wow. Spanish. Como estas? Oh, okay. I, th- I thought, yep. I knew that. Como esta? Yep. Como, mm-hmm. como esta? Either one. Whenever I say I estas, Monique looks at me like I'm stupid. Yeah, I think it's esta. Yeah. It's That's how white people say it. Yeah. <laughs> como estas? <laughs> como estas? Uh, compadre. Oh, man. Anyway, you're doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah. I'm, uh, I actually, the last couple of days, I've been sleeping a lot, a lot better. Um, I shouldn't say I'm, I'm sleeping a lot better because I'm sleeping longer. <laughs> the amount I should sleep in the first place. Um, I've always had this weird thing of like going, just like being awake late and not wanting to go to bed early, like always resisting going mm-hmm. to sleep. And so that makes me, you know, go to sleep at 12 midnight, but then like, I kind of need to wake up at seven, sometimes six to get the day, get mm-hmm. the day going. So I end up getting not enough sleep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, last few days I've fallen asleep early on the couch, just watching really? TV. That's funny. And, um, so I've gotten like an extra hour or two. And I wake up, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can wake up and feel good. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's made for a big difference during the day, I felt. It's good. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Yeah, doing good. Um, like I always say, well, recently, uh, you know, I've seen better days, but, uh, you know, plugging away. So surviving and no complaints. Oh, we just paid off our second business. So now we're all debt-free business-wise. So... That's crazy. Super excited, yeah. Congrats, man. Kind of snuck up. Um, yeah, we have been like preparing for it, and so we were ready, but um, it doesn't feel that great just because, like, overall, with the, you know how things are going, like, right. not a lot of events and just you know a lack of work right now because of of Corona. So, um, like, that's a bummer. But like, in light of that, it's still super exciting to have um, both companies paid off officially. So, did it feel good, like, writing the final check though, and feeling like this oh, is yeah, done? Oh feel great right behind that you. Check. And <laughs> it was yeah. kind of it was scary, dude. Like, <laughs> but um, you know, it's like we've known that money is like it, it's been there, but it's we knew where it was going, and so kind of doesn't really matter you know now it's like we have a very realistic realistic look of where things are at you know because hmm. uh, that money's now gone rather than sitting in an account so yeah, yeah well, it feels good you know it's how it should be so well, what does that kind of like change for you guys um we've treated it so how it worked was we did like a certain amount like we did a certain amount down two years ago and then we had the second half of the payment that was basically due as like a balloon payment august um, 15th we paid it off a few days early but mm. it was due essentially this week um, at the time of recording. And so every month we treated it like it was like a payment, like a bill basically. So we'd put away that amount of money every month. So that way in two years we were ready for it. So yeah. now with that one paid off, well, with them both paid off, it's just basically, um, you know, essentially more profit. I mean, um, we don't have that, that loan in a sense, that, that bill is gone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just Crazy. the less expenses now. So, and it's great timing. So yeah. Mm, Amazing. Very, very happy. Yeah. Interesting timing, but, uh, I mean, like I've always kind of tried to encourage you with, if you can survive, mm-hmm. you know, it's whoever can survive the longest <laughs> and or the best. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also with the business paid off, that's one less thing you have mm-hmm. to worry about. And I mean, if you can make it through a global pandemic and paying a business off, I think that you guys are going to be all right. 
Yeah, I think I think we've made it through the like brunt of things. So Definitely. I really hope. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, okay. And so. and at least if it got worse again, then you wouldn't have to that bill. Yeah. And this has been a great like reinforcer, like run things lean and yeah. you know, and don't fluff things up too much if you don't have to. So mm-hmm. we've done that. So it's cool. Congrats, man. Thank you. I'm um, excited to celebrate later. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if you have not heard yet, uh, the episode where Corey interviewed me, I think that was the uh, episode released before this one. So go back and listen to that one. Hopefully that will be as good, if not better, than this one. No, just kidding. Um, but in that episode, Corey interviewed me and kind of um, like we do with a guest. So when we have someone on, we ask them about their life and we typically stick to like a template of questions. But we thought it'd be fun to kind of do like a deep dive uh, with both of us. And so for these ones, we're kind of making it a bit more personal, asking more like catered questions to each other's lives. So um, I have a few kind of like topics, um, ideas I want to center around with Corey. So I'm excited. It should be fun. Me too. Yeah, I'm excited. I, you know, you sent me the questions and I thought they were really good questions and hopefully it's valuable for some other people too or entertaining and or both. We got Corey in a rocking chair right now. He's got some pink lemonade, <laughs> so he looks relaxed. I'm comfortable, so man. I'm let's, ready. Let's get into it. Grill me. <laughs> um, so Corey, when I first met you, you, um, kind of what stood out was you seemed, well, when I first met you, you were very like shy and quiet, but as, um, got to know you more and more from freshman year through like senior year, you were consistently kind of just like yeah, level head in your shoulders, like pretty calm, kind of one of those dudes that just like had it kind of laid out. Um, like you kind of knew your plan. You kind of knew like what you're going to be doing. And I think in your mind it was, you wanted in a sense to play it safe. I think you would agree with that. You had a kind of like a you know, cookie cutter, like idea of what you wanted your next 30, 40 years to look like, you know, go to college, get your degree. I believe you were going for like finance accounting at that time. And I think you wanted just to settle into a job and um, just, just work it out for 30 years, right? And <laughs> do your thing and retire. And yeah. boom, that was it. That was Corey, nine to five, steady, um, consistent, nothing wrong with that, but that, that was what you wanted. And at some point, uh, I believe it was freshman, uh, sophomore year of college that dramatically changed and now it's like everything about Corey is like super just different and people that know Corey well or that knew him well in high school and that know him now um often like just comment about how much you've changed and someone that always like says that is is Nick Nick's always like dude (laughs) Corey has changed so much he always says that to me every time I talk with him Uh, not every time but most times and it's true because you've your whole demeanor I I think a lot a lot of your personality has changed just like as a human like how you interact with people but I'm speaking more like um, your like, ambitions, like career, like those, like your mindset, like that has significantly changed to someone who's more entrepreneurial dr- driven now. And you just have big, big ideas and exciting things. And you're very driven in that way. So I kind of want to know, like, um, how how did that change and kind of walk me through, like, what that's been like, just that transition? Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked because right now, in the last like few weeks, few months, I've been thinking a lot about like what motivates me and sort of the career tra- trajectory for me and my kind of like path and vision. And it definitely has changed a lot. Um, and I think, so one of the things like, uh, I feel like the person that I am now, you know, much more entrepreneurial, outgoing, kind of like uh, driven, ambitious, probably are always existed. Mm -hmm. It's just that, um, it's kind of the reverse, right? It it wasn't like I was, I used to be that person. Now this person, like I was that person, I was kind of a different person. And now I'm back to that person again. Um, like when I think about when I was really young, 
um, like really young growing up, like, you know, five to like 10 years old, uh, I would have told everyone that I wanted to be an inventor or an engineer or even like a business owner. Um, cause that's kind of what, what, what my parents did. And I was always really excited about that kind of stuff and creating things and making things and, uh, and starting things and kind of like thinking more in, in like big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to a certain degree, you know, some of it is just like a mixture of like puberty and like growing up and like insecurities and um, kind of going through that whole like existential crisis of figuring out who you are as a person when you're going from like being a kid to a man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of it too is just also discovering and finding out what was possible. In high school, I think my my view of kind of like what I could do and what was out there for me was really narrow. And I saw it in terms of like, okay, well, I don't want to be like, uh, you know, a laborer, like working in the field and not having a thing. So like, what's the next be- best thing up from that? Oh, it's an office job. Like it's working in business. And I felt like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be like in sales. I'm not like that type of person. Um, so like the next best thing is to go into like finance and accounting. And actually I distinctly remember a conversation with my dad in the car um, where he was kind of asking me what I would maybe want to do. And I told him like, Oh, I'm kind of thinking about something in business. And he's like, and he, and he was like, well, he's like, you know, actually one of the like most underrated kind of positions in business is accounting. And he told me like kind of what the, uh, he like had read an article recently and was like telling me about the salaries and kind of growth in the position um, uh, in recent years, kind of projected. And from there, I kind of like stuck to that idea of like, oh, yeah, I think I could do that actually. And like, I'm good at numbers. And it seems like very close to kind of like this idea of who I was mm-hmm. as a person and this kind of image that I had formed of myself. Um, and, but then in high school or after high school, then I started to realize like, actually, I'm, that's not really what I want to do. And it doesn't really make me kind of excited to like wake up in the morning. I really didn't like the idea of, um, I had already like started and, and been working at jobs where I just didn't enjoy what I was doing. And I was like, really I have to do this for another 40 years. Like this seems terrible. Like how, why is no one else kind of like taking up an issue with this? Um, and I also realized I'm not that different from the people that I look up to. I think I saw like your dad, I saw Chris George, um, a few other kind of church leaders and members that we would look up to and heard their stories. Um, I remember specifically, um, uh, Luke, uh, darn it. Now I'm forgetting the last name. Gibson, Gibson, Luke Gibson. Um, and how he was homeschooled and he was a business owner and he's kind of like, you know, nerdy like me a little bit. And I was just like, this is like, maybe, maybe I'm not so different from these people and I can do what they can do. Um, then I read rich dad, poor dad. I had a conversation with Jeremy Joyner and my friend, um, and he kind of challenged me on it. And I'm really glad for that conversation. It was kind of a really pivotal moment because we were on the way to Phoenix to see a bunch of friends in college. And he was asking me what I want to do. And I kind of told him this plan of like, oh, I think I just want to go into accounting. I work for 30 years and retire with a pension. And he was like, really? That's it? And I was like, um, I guess. <laughs> I haven't really thought about it. Anything else? Like, I guess you just kind of. And then he was telling me about all of his ideas. And like, actually, I really like those ideas too. And mm-hmm. that seems more in line with what I want to do. So anyways. Now, um, since then, I've been kind of like gradually coming to the idea of like, um, I don't really like the idea of 
like a normal life, quote unquote, which sounds kind of weird. And I don't say that as in like a, a braggy way, but like it just doesn't get me excited or I'm not like motivated that way. Um, being kind of conventional and, and average. And I don't, cause when I'm a very much like, um, I want to kind of like reverse engineer how to get somewhere and all the people who I don't necessarily like envy are, were going down the path that I was going down. Mm-hmm. All the people that I did envy were going down this other path. And so I just figured like, actually that's what I want. Like I don't want what these other people have. Um, and yeah, I mean that, that's kind of been it. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. been like a really slow gradual process. I think a lot of it's been accelerated too when I graduated college. Um, and I started working and I was just listening to podcasts 24 seven and that drive, about other yeah. business owners. And I, I, th- the biggest thing honestly is I feel like once you hear about how other people did it, you see what's possible. You know that you're not that much different. Even though it's like, it's kind of like some boneheaded dudes that go into business and mm-hmm. become really successful. So I was like, if I'm twice as smart as, as them, mm-hmm. I have a lot more principles and morals and I'm younger than them. Like why wouldn't I have mm-hmm. the ability to have the same kind of, success and live a different kind of life yeah um so for me like i talked about uh, last week was i like always knew that i like had that type of drive in me like i wanted to be like in some kind of business setting um i didn't know you you were you were that way as well because you said that early on you kind of thought that way right and hoped that way i don't think in in the same exact way i knew i liked the but i was in you to some extent yeah like the world of business and like I didn't, I knew I didn't want to become like a scientist or like a teacher or a lot of the other types of kind of traditional career paths, lawyer, doctor, et cetera. And business was the thing that I like most closely uh, kind of grasp onto. Mm. I, mean, I, th- I think it's super like evident that you are like now on your path, like towards doing like what God made you do. It seems like just super, like you seem come to be coming alive now, like doing certain things that excite you. Um, I kind of wanted to know like, I guess why did it take until like after college to realize that, you know, like and you, and it sounds like you're kind of still like you're, you're figuring it out. Right. It's like, it's taking shape. Um, I guess, I don't know. So you knew that was in you, but I guess what's, what, what was a slow burn? Like what caused that to, to happen really after college? Hmm. You kind of answer it a little bit, but yeah, I mean, maybe a little deeper into that. Yeah. Some of it, I think it's just time. Like the longer it kind of sticks into you, like your subconscious, just starts to like kind of put it together in your head and starts to make more sense. And then you connect more dots over time. I think some of it too is like, just, um, I don't, I don't know the exact like right word for this, but like discontentment, like you just kind of, um, mm-hmm. when you're comfortable, it's easy to keep going down the same path mm-hmm. or it's easy to just keep doing the same thing when you're uncomfortable. It makes you want to change and it makes mm-hmm. you want to get out of that discomfort. Mm-hmm. And so I think as time has gone on, I've just gotten, more and more uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense, that makes sense. and it's made, made me more and more driven and excited and mm-hmm. uh sort of switched my mindset as well yeah. um would you say that like today your life is what you thought it would be like man yeah <laughs> that's a good one not quite i think i think it would have depended on when you would have asked me like uh when i was 15 for example and you know we were in high school it's probably nothing like I would have expected. I, I kind of thought I would probably be working in an office job and I'd be, um, I'd be really involved in ministry and maybe even like music to a certain degree. Um, I think the one constant between all these is that I knew and I really wanted to be married by this time. 
Um, and uh, I think when I was 20, though, like, so that was five years ago, I figured I would have bought a house by now. <laughs> um, been kind of climbing the corporate ladder. And I kind of also like uh, by that time, you know, I'd still thought like, I think I, you know, I, I really like the idea of business and I don't really like accounting, but I didn't really know what to grasp onto. So I thought like, oh, like management and leadership mm-hmm. or something around that. Like I want to be um, an operator or some sort of franchise owner or something like that. Hmm. Um, still not exactly kind of what I thought it'd be today. Nothing in like tech or technology yeah. or, um, and, and yeah, I think that as far as like career, it's, it's definitely very different. As far as life though, it's not super different. Like being married, where I live, who Mm -hmm. I hang out with, what I do free time. It's not entirely different. Okay. Um, What kind of things excite you today? Hmm. Man, there's a whole long list. I could probably talk. (laughs) There's a lot of things that excite me today. A lot of like really nerdy things. And so I'm like also trying to like self-select. Yeah, save those. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But at the same time, I'm like, no, I should just talk about them. But um, I think a few of them come down to obviously starting growing businesses and being involved in like having ownership in a business really gets me excited. And that's kind of been like my single pursuit since I was 18 or 19, um, trying to get back, you know, trying to get to that point. Um, one of the other ones that we've talked about a couple times briefly and that I've started exploring probably more recently, I'd say maybe since like the beginning of the year is like this idea of the intersection of business and ministry mm-hmm. and, how business can be used for ministry and how ministry can be involved in business and how there's a ministry inside of business itself, wherever you are interpersonally um, and the relationships that you build and, and have. Um, actually, a part of this was kind of inspired to you by your brother-in-law, Brian Peterson. I was going to ask you if you talked to him about that. Um, yeah, he's, he's all about that. Yeah, I think we connected maybe in like January because it was right before uh, the pandemic, but um, he kind of really opened my eyes up to you that idea especially Mm -hmm. and some of his experiences and he's a really uh really great guy with some some really cool experiences too we'll have to get him on the podcast Mm -hmm. actually i don't know if we haven't already but um uh, i think that's really i'm I'm not sure exactly what to do about that but i guess really gets me really excited and i do a lot of writing kind of research about around it and um reading some books kind of in that area as well Uh, i think too just like christian entrepreneurs is kind of part of that as Mm -hmm. well because I'm a Christian and an entrepreneur mm-hmm. soon to be more full-time entrepreneur and, uh, and in business. And so I kind of always am fascinated by people who are in business that are Christians and how their faith plays into things. Um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a, there's a need for like businessmen to like, I think, I think it's important that people come in, you know, out of high school and in college that like have those aspirations. Like, I think it's important that they, they, can understand and like know and learn like what these guys are doing you know i think for me yeah. like was, there was a lot of dudes i admired but i never understood like what they were doing right? i feel like the guys i like you up to the most i don't know how they make their money right it's like <laughs> i like you how do you do it you know and it's right like, i think there's a need for like there to be some kind of a like, connect there like in like mm. the ministry like whatever um yeah 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 that is interesting what one of the other ones um is kind of this financial independence, personal finance kind of idea of like investing and um, creating income streams and uh, kind of being like self-sustaining, not relying on like, you know, diversifying revenue streams and Mm -hmm. diversifying uh, investments and kind of that whole world of like 
yeah, it's kind mm-hmm. of the financial independence kind of movement and category. Um, definitely really excited about. I think also something that really like motivates me, I think that's given me some, some clarity pretty recently is like uh, getting to a place where I can feel co- like really comfortable starting a family and raising kids. Um, and Monique and I, you know, go back and forth about like when we're going to have kids and what that's going to be like and what the things that we want to have in place are before then. But like right now, I think especially like a part of me really wants to get, get into business, have a certain degree of success so that I can get to the next thing, which is mm-hmm. family and like really being More present with yeah. kids and um, uh, like fatherhood and teaching and, and like raising and really having like a lot of mind share, not being like the kind of like dad who comes home late and then eats dinner and mm-hmm. then goes to bed or watches TV until, you know, and then repeats, mm-hmm. but like being a really present mm-hmm. um, dad and, and, and husband as well. Um, and that's, that's kind of like the end, the end game for me. And that's kind of like what gets me excited long-term. And I think the, the other one that's been more recent and it's like the nerdiest of them all has been, uh, Don't say dinosaurs. <laughs> I almost did. But I was like, <laughs> ah, I'm not that excited about it to be honest. But, um, I've always, I've noticed that I've always been like a, like a curator, not necessarily like a collector or like a creator, but like a, a curator of like, um, uh, finding, researching, organizing, like I'm always the first person to like have something to recommend to someone who's going through something or who doesn't have a, or who has a question about something, um, putting together like resources. I've always been really big on like taking notes and collecting notes and like making use of the notes. In fact, when I, uh, when I kind of started this whole, like, you know, 18 or 19, wanting to get into business and start a mm-hmm. business, um, I started, I heard someone, I forget who it was now, but they were just like, you, you have to build the muscle of kind of like business idea generation mm-hmm. and be able to see business opportunities. And he's like, you just, you know, good or bad, especially bad. You just have to write it down and get it on paper to exercise that muscle. And so I started just writing down business ideas Mm -hmm. and then I created this huge kind of Evernote folder of like 400 ideas that I collected over a couple of years. And then I would, you know, periodically go through each one of those, you know, at some point and a random idea would strike me on that idea. And Mm -hmm. I would think like, oh, if I had this business, here's like an interesting way to market it. Or like, here's like a big like obstacle that would need to be tackled or Mm -hmm. like, here's something that someone else said about this industry that would affect this type of business. Mm -hmm. And then started like, kind of curating all this information about each one of these. And now more recently, since I've been doing more writing, um, I want to continue to do more writing. A big part of the process of writing is just like, uh, having kind of like ingredients to throw into your writing that, you know, sources of ideas, um, stories, anecdotes, like research points, statistics, uh, different experiences. Um, and then just writing down the ideas and kind of like filling out an outline, passively Hmm. and so now i'm I'm really excited about like kind of organizing knowledge and um especially i mean it sounds weird but like making use of my my thoughts yeah um no that's a good idea and i've always been like a i'm terrible on the spot i'm terrible like ad-libbing and so i love to just write things down and i have like way more clarity when i Mm -hmm. write it down first um and so that's kind of been a big part of like Hmm. helping me think and communicate clearly it's just like writing and organizing yeah. in a way that makes sense that's cool um okay um 
so I mean a lot has changed right since you graduated high school moved through college now moving through your career um, but looking forward what are some of your newer or recent um, just kind of career business goals that you have hmm yeah it's hard because I feel like I'm right at the cusp and I don't want to like oversell myself and kind of what I'm doing because it's I'm like just getting started but um, definitely like on the bucket list <laughs> of kind of like career and kind of business goals uh, one I want to start and sell a software business that's been kind of my bread and butter for the last you know three almost four years now um, like working in a b2b software business and so I'd like to start and sell one myself. Do you have a, like an amount you want to sell for? I think so. Um, I don't know the exact number, but I, I think if someone like five years down the road uh, wanted to write me a check that would um, that would give me personally after everything $2 million, I would take it in a heartbeat. That'd be enough for It'd be interesting to see how that changes. Like, you know, five years from now, like, nope, has to be 10. You know, right. what's the, like, how would that develop and change? And I know. And that's kind of why I'm thinking about it now a little bit, yeah. too, is because I wouldn't want to, like, get greedy or... I, I Well, I mean, also consider, like, what other things will be going on that time, right? Because like, at right. that point, probably, hopefully, won't just be that one business, right? There could be other things kind exactly. of moving around. Yeah. Yeah, it really depends. I feel like that's kind of, like, the that's the minimum, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so... Start and sell a software business like within like five to eight years, kind of no longer than that. Um, that's also kind of like around, you know, timing for family and mm-hmm. buying a home and kind of other things like that. Um, I'd also like to to grow and have just like a personal kind of content business. And that's kind of what I'm hoping Swipe Files will be for mm-hmm. me. Um, it's already kind of showing some signs that it'll be promising in that way. But like never with the intention of selling, but just having something where it's me and my knowledge and my expertise kind of packaged up for mm-hmm. someone uh, on a, rec- but with like a recurring kind of membership. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, I mean, I really don't like using the word passive income anymore, but like it's probably the closest thing you can get to because there's literally no uh, like maintenance required really hardly any overhead. It's really kind of brand driven. So it's about the creator and the content and what people say about it. And also, you know, cause I'm, I like writing. That's kind of like the other outlet. I feel like that could be interesting for me. Um, I, I think I'd eventually like to start a nonprofit of sorts. Mm-hmm. I don't really know exactly what I think it would, it would probably be tied to something around kind of the intersection of the business and, mm-hmm. and ministry. It wouldn't be so far fetched out there of like just going, uh, you know, way out different to uh, something completely different than of what I've been involved in before, mm-hmm. but something that kind of blends the two and has new aspects and old aspects of what I've, what I'm used to really want to invest in real estate. Um, I know we've bounced around ideas before and um, we're both like the idea of real estate and kind of getting into that. Um, and that I'd like to, I mean, I, I think this is more long-term too, but like uh, get into some sort of writing or speaking um, whether that's like, writing a book, I feel like it's a cool kind of check mark um, and a cool like thing to just kind of do once. I know it's really hard, but just to have, I've, I feel like the book, a book is like the ultimate um, thing that you can pass on. Mm. Like it's always going to stay in print. Yeah. It's always going to be on Amazon. There's always going to be like prints somewhere for someone to buy. And um, they're like the one like piece of information that you buy regardless of whether it's written, you know, like mm-hmm. the Bible 
was written thousands of years ago. There's other pieces that have been written hundreds of years ago that are now kind of classics. So I think it's a cool kind of long-term, you know, stamp to kind of put on the, on the world. Um, but I think like career and tra- like all those things are really wrapped around this idea of uh, purpose and autonomy and mastery and like whatever, if I can just optimize for those three things, like that's kind of really what I'm after with all these things. Yeah. I think I know the answer to this one kind of, um, I have the idea, but in like 20 years from now, like what do you want like your like life to look like? Like what, what would an average day be for you? Hmm. I think I would definitely want to be out of the day to day of business and moving more into like advisory and or investing and or um, like consulting here and there for like, you know, really small or like kind of specialized kind of opportunities. Um, I like to be debt free with kids, still married, obviously. Um, and and I think I, I would, I mean, I, my ideal day would just be like having nothing on the calendar mm-hmm. and just being able to write, talk with interesting people about interesting problems, um, collaborate with smart people, and then help others achieve their success to mm-hmm. a certain degree and focus on my kids. Yeah, I, mean, too. I think about it a lot and I think like, man, like, you know, a goal like that in 20 years, like if that's not realized in 20 years, like, you know, would I be let down kind of thing? Right. How, how would I feel? Right. Um, I think if my life was like the opposite of what I wanted for sure. But if, yeah. if I'm in that direction, I don't see myself being like let down, you know, but mm. it's a weird thought to have. Yeah. It's interesting. I, so I listen to a lot of other podcasts, you know, normally about entrepreneurs and a lot of them say like, you know, what are, what are you going to do after this? Or like, what's your ultimate goal? And they're like, I just want to keep starting businesses. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not that person. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like I, I really like business and I would like to start a business and sell a business, but I feel like I don't want to like run a business forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I would like some sort of diversity and especially I think like having, certain level of freedom and like being able to spend my time in the right places. Like Mm -hmm. I really don't, when you're older, uh, unless you need to like starting it or running a business probably isn't the best use of your time. Like Mm -hmm. you could be passing on a ton of knowledge to other people. You could be ministering a lot of ways. You could be with your kids and our grandkids in a lot of ways. And so um, I'm not kind of married to the idea Mm -hmm. of like always being in business forever. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, My last question kind of under this, like, category but i've I've been thinking about this recently um like kind of with you and monique like when she like met you and you guys kind of developed and you know moved forward and got married like i think you were pretty different like you know yeah or i guess the trajectory of your life has like i think changed a lot and so i'm just curious like what is that like how what is that like for you and in communicating to to your spouse like like a lot of your vision has kind of redirected to a, a different different aim now and so i'm curious like how those talks go and and what's that like communicating to your wife to kind of go along that journey with you as you're kind of going more down the the path less traveled in a sense right An <laughs> entrepreneurial like yeah riskier type of venture you know mm-hmm. monique has been super super supportive mm-hmm. like there's, there's probably a lot of things where she could have been like really or like oh i don't really like mm-hmm. that idea or why are you spending so much time on this or um, do you really want to, you know, have a life like that right now? And, um, she's been like literally a hundred percent, uh, supportive. So I'll give her credit for that. 
I definitely don't have it, this kind of part down of like communicating that to mm-hmm. her and like expressing, you know, my vision and my dream and kind of what I'm after. It's definitely changed though. I think a couple of things that have helped have been, um, when we started dating, I was working at the church mm. and I was still trying to figure out like, um, does God want me in ministry? Do I want to be in ministry? Um, and I remember specifically having a conversation one day. It was pretty early when we were dating saying like, Hey, I, like, I don't know what's going to come out of this, but if I do end up kind of going down this route of ministry, um, like I want you to know and be okay with us never making a lot of money and never being like kind of successful mm-hmm. and like struggling probably for most of our lives and having like very modest, uh, careers. And she was like, okay, like that's okay. And like very supportive. And I was very serious about it. Like I, I know she understood kind of what I meant. And so, I mean, it sounds kind of bad, but like now anything not that is like a step up. So it hasn't yeah. been like an issue. It just like kind of keeps getting better from mm-hmm. there. Um, and now, you know, we've had a couple of conversations now where, you know, she knows kind of what I want to do and, uh, what my career path looks like and what I ultimately kind of am motivated by and how, how I've phrased it to her and, and what we've talked about is it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. Mm-hmm. And so whatever we need to do in order to get to that, when we're going to make it happen. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but we're gonna have to be okay with it but it's going to happen and we're going to make it happen. And having that kind of belief in ourselves and each other, I think is kind of what's made it okay Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to struggle and or be okay with this kind of path down, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, that's been on my mind recently because um, I don't know. I think like getting into like a marriage, right? Like I think we, we change over the, the, the span of our life, but pretty early on in your marriage and what you were what, three years in and you're already drastically changing like a certain direction you want to go. And so yeah. I'm just curious on how she's done with that. So yeah. I, I think too, you know, one of the things I think about because, you know, we've had conversations too about like, Oh, well, um, you know, just feeling jealous or kind of envious of other people maybe who are a little bit older or even like a little bit younger who, uh, are starting to have kids or they're buying houses or they get the new car or, you know, whatever it is. And it's not like we're that far behind quote unquote, mm-hmm. but it's just a little bit different. And what I always try to get back to is like, you know, one, we're not them. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, we don't know anything about kind of what's really going on mm-hmm. uh, behind the scenes. And three, like, again, it's a matter of when, not if. Wait, so, um, you mean that Instagram lies? <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. I mean that. Honestly, that that is a big part of it. It's like everyone oh, for sure yeah. puts on this kind of picture of the perfect life, and then when you really talk to them, it's a different story. But so yeah, I mean that that's the other thing I try to remind of is, is like um, it's never as good as it seems, but also like it's going to happen for us. Maybe just not at the same time uh, and not in the same way. All right, we'll move on now. Um, that one for sure had like the most meat, I think, of, of all the questions. Yeah. and a lot of like sub questions. Um, but one one thing I want to talk about with you was kind of the process of your of your dad passing away. Um, you, I mean, you. Other than the day of the funeral, I have not like really seen you like be um, ex- express a lot of emotion. You've seemed to like just the whole process handle like a champ and just um, your demeanor and your your maturity, and just the way you've kind of 
navigated that. And so I don't know, I'm just curious on, I guess my first question is like, what's been the most difficult part of that process? And I don't know, I kind of want more of like a behind the scenes, like, hmm. you know, what, what you really felt like through that. Yeah. That's a good, I mean, I haven't really reflected on at least like my reaction that much, but I think, uh, just in general, um, I don't, I don't know really what to call it. Like, is it a talent? Is it a gift? Is it a a curse? But like, Mm, I have an ability to, um, (laughs) just level headed and like, yeah, just level headed and just kind of like, I don't have like a huge range of emotions. Um, or I do, I just, I, I don't like get there that often. Um, and so that was definitely part of it. Uh, I think, you know, to a certain degree, like it was surprising, but it wasn't that surprising. Um, I, I sort of saw the, the writing on the wall when, um, he had his third stroke in August of two years ago. I think it was 2018, right? Yeah. I think 2018. Um, so he had had a stroke two years before then, and then he had a stroke in, uh, June of 2018 and they had another one in August and that's when he lost his ability to speak and uh, and also because it was the second one I kind of knew like all right we're not gonna have like that much longer with how him. old was he 76 and he was also older you know and we could kind of tell that like he's not recovering and he's and he's kind of he had kind of plateaued and then he had even kind of regressed even and that's why he had the the other two strokes and so I kind of saw the writing on the wall and I was a little bit mentally prepared going into that. So it wasn't like a complete surprise. I think it, what was surprising was um, like just kind of the flood of thoughts and like things that like I didn't I didn't know really what I was going to be sad about, if that makes sense. Um, I think the thing that's kind of hit me the hardest has been like thinking about uh you know, one, I'm just passing when I'm so young, like, and it's kind of weird thinking like, okay, well now for mm. the rest of my life and for the majority of mm-hmm. my life, like he's not going to be in it here with me presently. Um, I think the other part has just been like, uh, our kids, you know, and it's kind of a bummer that, I mean, it's a, a huge bummer that our kids won't know him, that he won't know our kids, at least not in this life. Um, but also because I didn't know my grandpa on my dad's side. And now my kids are going to have the same experience and, mm-hmm. you know, at least, uh, at least hopefully they'll, they'll have, um, Monique's side of the family and, uh, and her parents, which I had my mom's grandparents, um, which was good. But I think overall, like definitely the big comforter and what was going on through my head the night of when he passed and definitely the memorial and kind of all the time in between is that. Uh, life is super short and it's like, it's not, I mean, everyone dies. And so it's kind of just a matter of when, which is like really morbid, but also a little bit kind of sobering and that it wasn't the last time I was going to see him and that life is really short. So like, actually it's only going to be, you know, I don't know, 60 years before I see him again. And then like, we're all going to be reunited Mm -hmm. and then it's going to feel like that was, you know, the old time that was Mm -hmm. just like a, a, di- uh, a distant memory. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been the kind of the, the big thing I've kept in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned that like in general, you've kind of had this like level headed, just even vibe. Um, I'm not that way. <laughs> 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 so I kind of want to know, man, what's like the secret sauce behind that, right? Like how do you, 
I think a lot of that is like the way you're, you're built and wired, but yeah, in, in all areas, that's totally you. Like you know, yeah, I think um, this gets into something I think later we might talk about, but like I think I have a pretty good idea to like see things pretty like objectively and like for the truth. And for example, when when someone passes away, like uh, especially if you know they weren't a Christian or if the person who's grieving wasn't a Christian, like that is a really sad thing. And like, I would be de- devastated too, but because we're Christians and because I know that's not the last time I'm going to see him, like, is it really that sad that he's in a better place and he's no longer in pain that he's reunited with God? Like, no, it's a really happy thing. It's a really good thing. I'm, I'm glad for him. And so my sadness or me wanting to him for him to still be here is like almost like selfish. I mean, it's, it's not really, but it, it's almost selfish mm-hmm. of me. And so it kind of like helps me think like, okay, well it's not that sad. Like, don't be sad. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, and, but I mean, realistically, like sometimes I'm not saying that I, I never have or, or never do. Like sometimes, uh, some days are hard and sometimes I do cry randomly just out of nowhere or thinking about it or, um, but I, I think also like, I don't know exactly what it is, but some of, some of the things like this, I think motivate me a little bit in a weird way. Um, like my, my thought when he passed away, was like, wow, life is really short. Like I need to get my act together and do stuff and change my life and really pursue the things that I want to do and make the most out of my life. And um, so I think, I don't know, I don't know where that comes from or, or what that is, but just an ability to mm. use it as motivation to, uh, to do better and make yeah. them make more out of life. Hmm. Um, this one's kind of in line with that, but, um, I mean, you've always been stable. You've always been consistent. Um, I remember one time telling you, Corey, I remember, uh, I can't remember how I worded it, but I was talking about myself and I was like, yeah, I think I'm like pretty consistent. Like, like along those lines <laughs> and you literally were like, and just like laughed at me. I do remember that. And I was like, you mother. I was like, <laughs> I was like really? Yeah. <laughs> no, but you're right. It was funny. I don't think I was wording what I was really trying to communicate. Um, anyway, I got you. But uh, like I said, uh, we're the opposite in that way. You're you're consistent, stable, kind of just unchanged in those ways. And so I don't. I wanted this might be like one of the more deeper questions, but I kind of want to know like like what is something or a few things you have like sh- you've struggled with, whether it be mm-hmm. like a sin or maybe your thought life or um, being motivated by something or I don't know what it is, but just what are some struggles that like you've had? Because um, on the outside you've you've um, appeared as being very stable at all times. So yeah, I know there's some dirt. So <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now you want to know all the dirty stuff, all, all the juicy you know stuff. I mean, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. No, I mean, I wrote down a few because I uh, didn't want to forget them. So I feel like it, it is good just to kind of like think about. It. And I was actually surprised kind of like taking some time to think about the question. But one of the things I've definitely always struggled with is a few like kind of limiting beliefs about, myself and kind of who I am and what I'm capable of. Um, you know, things like I'm not athletic enough or I'm not funny or I'm not outgoing or I'm not, uh, you know, gonna amount to anything or I'm supposed to do this thing. Uh, that's not, you know, cool or, uh, I don't know. I like, I, it's a lot of the stuff, you know, kind of coming back to like childhood insecurities and things around like fitting in and, um, figuring out, you know, like, are you a loser or are you a winner and, and stuff like that, but kind of more in an abstract way. But, uh, it's, it's all thing. 
I, I can specifically trace back a few to like a couple of experiences, um, like uh, doing Pop Warner football when I was in sef- seventh grade. I always knew I was like kind of athletic and pretty athletic. I just didn't know like compared to anyone else. And compared to a lot of the other people around me, I was like a super athlete. <laughs> <laughs> but compared to real athletes and other kids my age, um, I wasn't actually that athletic and I had a, like a lot of room to grow. And Pop Warner football was just like a ginormous slap in the face because these kids have been playing for years. They were actually a, like a year older than me. Um, and it was my first time playing football. And I just got absolutely demolished in every way. I mean, physically, mentally, uh, like I remember, I mean, I couldn't even like, there's never been a point where I couldn't like do homework. And when I was playing football, that was like, I literally could not get my brain to function because I was so insecure and I was so tired and I was so like, it was just like my life was thrown into chaos. I didn't know what to make of it. And I was felt trapped. Um, and since then I've, I've, I've had an insecurity about like, Oh, I'm not athletic enough or I'm not athletic at all. Or I'm like not supposed to compete in sports. Um, and so playing, playing foot, uh, basketball at Foothills actually was like a big like step because it was the same thing. Like I'd never really played basketball before, but I chose to kind of go through that again mm-hmm. and, and risk it a little bit. And, but I definitely struggled with that throughout high school and, and even beyond that. Um, one of the other things I was thinking about was, uh, like meaning and purpose, but not in the same way of like, like finding my purpose or like feeling like I don't have a purpose, but more in that, um, I couldn't quite like verbalize it or put a finger on it. And I was like, so eager, like wanting like a map, you know, like, God, just tell me what to do and where to go. And very much kind of like the planner in me wanting to just have it all laid out and then just to go down that path. And that's just not how life works or how Mm -hmm. God works. Um, and, but I've always, I mean, I remember, I don't know. I think we all do, but I felt like me in particular, even though I probably didn't like say much about it in high school, really struggle with that. Like, who am I and what, what am I good at? And what am I supposed to do? What am I called to do? You didn't, you didn't talk about it with someone because you felt you didn't have someone to talk to or didn't know how to articulate it. Like what, what stopped you from just talking about that? with someone i don't know that that was actually the next thing i had written down was i've always been really bad about like communicating what you feel yeah communicating (laughs) what i feel like being transparent and especially like sharing something that i'm struggling like in the moment um and especially back then i had no Mm -hmm. idea how to like i just felt do you feel like when you do that like you don't like let's say you have something you're struggling with and you're like man i need to talk to someone about this and you call someone or meet with someone do you feel like you don't get what you were hoping to get kind of like you know, like a little bit, whether it's direction, advice or like encouragement or someone to set you straight, whatever it is like you just, you don't get that. And it's kind of like, mm, that was pointless. Yeah. You know, like, Part, I think actually the biggest thing for me was, um, feeling like I already knew the answer, but that it, I didn't want to hear the answer. But that was also me assuming like what they were going to say, which mm-hmm. was also wrong in a lot of cases. And thinking back, I'm like, Oh, I should have just talked to someone or, you know, it would have made a lot more sense and they would have had a lot of insight and, it was almost like a, it was definitely like a pride or like an ego thing of mm-hmm. me just not wanting to hear someone out or not want them to know that about me. Um, but yeah, I think the big thing was just not wanting to hear what they had to say and feeling really awkward about asking to, or just admitting it. Like, um, I think that goes back to actually one of the, uh, 
that is tied pretty closely to kind of like this um, identity I had as a kid as like the golden child who could like do no wrong and speak no wrong. And Mm -hmm. my mom said I was perfect and I was a super good kid, always well behaved. And so I always felt weird like, oh, no, I'm not going to be this person anymore that everyone thinks I am if I admit this thing or if I tell them I'm struggling with this thing or if I Mm -hmm. ask them this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Even, you know, in like very subtle ways, too, I think that that's kind of seeped in. Um, one of the, one of the other things I think that I've always been really terrible about is like being really kind of present. Um, I think I'm really good at like listening and being attentive to someone, but I'm not good about like containing my thoughts and like being in the moment, if that makes sense, which is like, I'm not trying to be like the cliche, like live in the moment and Mm -hmm. soak up every second you have. And I don't know, but like, I'm just always thinking about the next thing, kind of living in the future uh, wanting to just kind of like get through this, like mm-hmm. uh, seeing everything as a means to an end, essentially. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Is that all you suck at? <laughs> yeah. Those are, those are all the things that I struggle with. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have this memory with you, a couple of memories along these lines. Um, there's a point to this, but I remember uh, sit, sitting down with you, my parents' living room downstairs in high school, playing guitar, and Corey, I'm trying to ask Corey to teach me, oh, like, God. I don't know some some new chord formation something right and some music theory. I remember it was bar chords, bar chords, cool. Yep. And uh, it was a combination of me like just not paying attention and goofing around, paired with like Corey trying to like articulate and word and like communicate to me that, I, and I wasn't getting it. Like it was a weird combo. And I remember like he like just couldn't get through to me, and I'm screwing around, and at one point he just like full on palm to the face, just slapped me like. Yep. Out of nowhere, I was like, whoa. <laughs> like it was I think I told you I was going to do it, too, though. And you were like, I'm, I'm, whatever. But yeah. you still slapped me oh, yeah. across yep. the face. Yep. And anyway, I have other memories, like, and even, like, from the past and even recent, just, like, when you're communicating to me, whether you're trying to show me something or maybe it's, like, a website thing or just, like, in general, like, I, I've noticed you often, like, you seem like you have something in your mind or in your head that you just, you can't, like, either... Either you you feel like you're talking to a dumb person, or you like, can't really articulate <laughs> what you're thinking, and in these scenarios, it may be that I'm just dumber than you. Uh, that is that is it. But um, you get what I'm saying, right? And I th- oh, you even mentioned like, the last question. Like um, I, I've noticed this trend with you. Like you often have this idea or thought in your head that you want to articulate, and you you not that you can't, but you you struggle for words. And so I'm just curious, like. Give me one of those, right? Like, <laughs> what are some like ideas or thoughts you have about life, or just in general, that like you wish you could like communicate and articulate? Um, this is like your your sixty second window to like, give me one of those. Okay, but like you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I yeah. want to know something in your mind like that. That's funny you bring that up. Um, I've noticed. I've that always up, picked it up about you. Yeah, I've noticed that about myself pretty recently because I don't know if I've really. I knew I wasn't super articulate, or that like I was better at just like writing something out before mm-hmm. I said it. I mean, I think it comes back to like being. Uh, introvert to a certain degree and like wanted to process my thoughts before they come out of my mouth, but it drives Monique absolutely so insane. I think I've really noticed it. If I can say this um, with the stuff with Josh, um, when you were, cause you would communicate to me how you were feeling and then you would kind of say, Hey, here's what I'm kind of writing out. What do you think? And I would read that. And it took you like four or five of those to get to the final time when yeah. you're like, okay, this is what I feel good now. And I remember the whole time I feel like I knew where you need to go. And I think you knew too, but it just took you a while to kind of like get there I think that's kind of when I realized, like, I think he has a hard time, like, I don't know, like, delivering it. I don't know how to explain that. but Yeah, I think I, this is one of the things that I also suck at. But I think it's, I think it's related to um, 
uh, gosh, now I'm losing it. <laughs> this is like the perfect example. Um, I think it's related to wanting to like say it perfectly, perfectly. the first time, but also like feeling insecure about talking out loud. And mm-hmm. it's, it's like a, like a vicious cycle of like, well, if I'm talking out loud and it doesn't make sense, then I have to talk out loud even more. Hmm. So like, what if I just try to process all that beforehand, but then it ends up with me just like struggling to get words out. Cause I feel like often insecure too, about like trying to communicate something, but my mindset is I'm just going to start talking and hope I get there. <laughs> like it's often what I do. Like that's got, that's a Michael Scott quote for maybe. sure. Maybe like if for sure. <laughs> um, but f- I guess for me, like that honestly works more than like taking time to think it all out and write it all out. Like I just, it comes out better if I just talk. If I like think I like stutter and I like can't yeah. get my words out. I've always been an overthinker. Yeah. I, when I was playing football, especially in sports, it's killed me. I've I've had to learn how not to because <laughs> your reaction time, <laughs> dude, it was so slow. That's so funny. I remember the first year I played basketball at Foothills, I couldn't even catch the ball because <laughs> I would be thinking about what I would do when I had the ball the before ball. I even yeah, had the ball, and then it would cause me to not be able to like it's a, it's a vicious combo of like not being present in the moment yeah. and also overthinking. Yeah. Um. But for sure, that's been one of those things. Um, so I'm just curious, like, do you have any kind of just like abstract thought or idea or just something um, in the queue? Yes. And I put a lot of thought into this beforehand, sure so hopefully do. I can be articulate about it. I'm not exactly sure if this answers the question. You can tell me if not or ask another question to kind of clarify. But I tend to be uh, really objective about certain things that are like the opposite for most people and really loose about mm-hmm. other things that people are really yeah, objective about. That. Um, so for example, most people are like really black and white about um, politics or like global issues or societal mm-hmm. issues or relationships or work and laws. Like even like their own kind of identity, like I am this type of person or I can do this, I can't do that. Um, and then they're really kind of loose and they see things on like a gray scale for things like, faith and morals and principles and behavior and I'm the exact opposite like I believe or I tend to be really black and white objective about faith and morals and principles and behavior and then like really loose really get grayscale um, and like pretty like open to politics and relationships and work and like who I am as a person and who are other people and I, I, I was trying to think of like a tangible example and I think a good one to kind of um, give a little bit more weight is like most people would uh, I shouldn't even say most people I don't, I don't like when people say that but someone uh, could for example have a really loose interpretation of the Bible and call themselves a Christian mm-hmm. which a lot of people do like I would venture to say that the, the majority, majority of yeah. people who call themselves Christians are basically like you know Christmas Christians or Easter Sunday kind of Christians um, they don't really live the Christian life uh, but they'll go bonkers for political issues and mm-hmm. side with, you know, Fox or CNN or Trump or uh, or Biden or like, you know, they just like are very objective mm-hmm. and very like kind of black and white about a lot of other things. Even, you know, like um, like people who are fanatical about sports teams. Like I'm just not like I've never been mm-hmm. like a diehard fan for a sports team. The closest was maybe like for the Chargers. But I think that was mostly because, like, my family had the charges, and the ones they didn't, I didn't either. But a lot of people are, like, diehard. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like you if you like this team. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I don't care at all. Even a lot of, like, polit- political issues, we talked about it before, but I'm kind of in the middle or 
uh, have some more open thoughts about things that maybe wouldn't be traditional for a conservative mm-hmm. Christian, quote unquote. So hmm. that's what I've. That makes I don't sense. know. Does that answer the question? Yeah, it does. Um, also, I think it's a hard one. Ooh, it's a hard one to answer because, like, the question is, "Hey, you can't answer questions." <laughs> so, like, give me an example, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think it's funny that you. I'm. I'm glad we're like on the same page because I've like noticed that. And I kind of thought, I wonder if he's gonna understand what I'm communicating. hundred percent. Yeah. I'm glad you brought it up. I might have to do some more thinking about I think that. Like, not even like it's a bad thing. I think it's interesting. Um, yeah, I just really noticed it recently. Yeah. Yeah, with a lot of the stuff going on with work yeah. and with how to phrase things and. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if it's, this is kind of a, t- a side note, but I don't know if it's related to to this. But I've always been really terrible at memorizing things. I don't know if that's related in some way, but I feel like to a certain degree it has to do with again wanting to kind of like say something right the first time, and uh, and not knowing exactly. Like you, c- I remember when we were in high school, we would talk about like our different styles of giving a message, mm-hmm. and I would literally write everything down mm-hmm. word for word. And I, I got points, baby. Right. I, I got pretty good at like not reading the mm-hmm. paper, but just like being able to recall most of the things that I had al- already mm-hmm. written down because I had already kind of expressed everything. And you were like, yeah, a couple of bullet points, a couple of scriptures. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it's a 45 minute message. Mm-hmm. And I could literally never do that. I'm the opposite. If I, if I have it written out, like even when I'm trying to read my questions to you, I like stutter. I can't <laughs> read. I have just like, talk about them. Like the, it's more smooth if I just paraphrase. Like it just comes out what I'm thinking. Yeah. It's really, I mean, it's That's super weird how we're different in that way. But yours makes more sense. Like written out clear, like then delivered well. <laughs> I don't know. See, like, to me, it doesn't sense. make a lot of sense. Like why can I write it down? But then when I want to remember what I wrote down, I can't at all. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're like, you don't have to write down anything. And you just kind of like are pretty articulate when it comes out. When I do it that way, right? <laughs> when it's right. written, I'm not articulate. Uh, right, you know what I'm right, saying it's like just right. weird, like yeah. But, um, okay, last question. Actually, um, I want to know what would you say to you know 15 year old Corey? Um, yeah. Dang it! I should ask you this question too. Um, 15 year old Corey. I think I put 16, 16 but yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, my thought was like beginning of high school, mid high, yeah. kind of one that yeah, just early high school. I would say don't conform what I mean by that is like I think a lot of what I was stuck in and I don't blame myself for it and I feel like it's almost impossible to to avoid for anyone at that stage especially uh but I think what I would want to encourage myself is to kind of get in the habit of not trying to conform to what everyone else does and says and try to fit in and um and be like other people Mm -hmm. and and because I feel like a lot of kind of what's gotten me to where I am today and how I'm comfortable with who I am today is just being comfortable with that and like not being afraid to be different or to kind of, um, uh, I don't know, like be okay with who I am mm-hmm. and the strengths and weaknesses that I do have. I remember for a long time, like just thinking, well, geez, like I need to learn how to be more outgoing or like I need to learn how to be wittier or like I need to learn how to be more athletic or like trying to make up for all these things that just were not mm-hmm. who I was, how I was created. Um, so when I say don't conform, I kind of also mean the opposite of like, uh, don't be afraid to be yourself. Man, that sounds so cringy, but like, no, uh, be who, uh, kind of embrace who God created yeah. you to be and yeah. explore that and embrace it and really kind of double down on it. Mm. 
Well, that was fun. That was fun. Thanks for the good questions, man. I feel like uh, there were some really thoughtful questions. Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, any other thoughts or just closing words or anything on your mind that I wasn't asked about that you'd want to say? No, I think it's been a really insightful experience for me learning about myself. And I think it's surpri- pretty surprising how well you know me too. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit, a little bit scary. I was like, wow, surprising. You pic- thought you were like private to yourself. No, 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 no. As I'm right learning on the walls, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think especially, you know, when you, when you kind of called about, about like being articulate and writing mm-hmm. things out first, I was like, cause that's something that I've just kind of recently mm-hmm. thought about for myself. And so it's interesting that you've thought about that for a long time. Yeah. Well, I think I slapped in the face, you know, <laughs> kind of thought, what's going on here? No, um, well, cool. That was really fun. Um, I feel like I want to do that again soon, but we probably can't because we just did it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like these kind of like more just personal, like yeah. conversational um, episodes. They're fun. Really fun to do. We'll have to think up some new, interesting, insightful questions. Yeah. If you have questions for us that you want us to ask each, each other, other, that'd be a per- yeah. perfect time. We can package them up for the next time. And that'll make our our lives easy. For sure. All right. Well, until next time. Until next time.